Developing the Leader Within is a podcast that focuses on leadership, management, and career development. We nosedive into the areas that are holding you back from your full potential. Let us begin. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Developing the Leader Within. I am Enrique, and I am here with a person, and I was just chatting with her, that I've had on my mind for this podcast since last year. So, (laughs) you know, Janelle McCauley, um, you know, I am such a fan of both your service, which, you know, as service members, we get to witness, right? Every time you hit a milestone, everybody in the DOD gets a a chance to experience that with you. Uh, But also what you've done since you uh, transitioned through, and you did a great job in transitioning through, so kudos on that, until what you're doing today. So uh, Janelle, thank you, first of all, so much for being with me today, sharing your time. Uh, Give our audience a little bit background about you. Absolutely. Well, first, thank you so much, Enrique, for having me on your podcast. I'm really excited to be here with you. And, you know, every opportunity is um, time to learn more about ourselves. So I really enjoy doing these as well. Um, A little bit about my background. So I grew up in a family of public servants from my grandfather's being Marines. My uncle was a Marine. In fact, he flew Marine One for President Reagan back in the 1980s. And he was the one that used to take me to all the air shows. Um, My dad was a police officer and detective. My mother was a nurse. And so I think I always had a calling for some sort of public service. I didn't know exactly what that would look like early on, but it definitely uh, shaped into a a military career, that of being in the Air Force, starting with my time at the Air Force Academy. So after growing up in Southern California, going to the Air Force Academy, and then spending 20 years just really loving what I did, right, and having a passion for what I did, which was under the umbrella of service. But the great thing about the Air Force is that it offers you a lot of different ways to serve and grow as an individual. So from flying airplanes to leading teams to getting higher education, I kind of saw all of that as a way to just uh, accelerate my ability to enhance my service and give back to the community and the country uh, that I love. And then thank you for your acknowledgement of my post-military career. I know that a lot of people struggle with that. And I think one thing that helped me, you know, because we wear a uniform and we wear a uniform for 20 years and we have that identity that's tied to it. And most of the time our society asks us not who we are, but what we do, right? right. To That's where our value is measured. That's where the conversations always tend to go when we meet new people, right? What do you do? How do you spend your time? And I think that throughout my work, especially while I was still active duty, I spent a lot of time really thinking about the who I was and making sure that my service in the military really aligned with that, you know, that person that I wanted to show up every day to be my best while serving. And then it was an easy transition because that stayed the same. I like to think I have this purpose statement that is really strong and builds that foundation. And it's that I help people achieve peak performance with a focus on passion, purpose, and presence. I did that in a uniform as a leader. And now I do it in our community and the work that I continue with Warrior's Edge and all the other programming I do for organizations in both corporate and government. 
Yeah, no, I, I love that. And thank you for highlighting the specific parts of your post because I, I was going to ask you about Warriors. I, I knew that it's a new uh, initiative you guys have started and have done marvelous work so far. I mean, so early in its inception. Um, and so I congratulate you on that. Now, uh, folks, today we'll be talking about human performance. She said human performance and mindfulness. So how leadership uh, is affected by that, because if you're a leader and don't understand the specifics about human performance or mindfulness, and we were just talking about uh, uh, me watching the inauguration and feeling all kinds of emotions, uh, because undoubtedly this last three weeks have been tumultuous to say the least. Sure. Uh, but as a service member, it really does hit at the heart of us when we see our nation going through so much, especially after we've spent so many times, months, years deployed in service to our nation uh, to see things like this unfold is, is uh, heart-wrenching at times. But um, when, we, when we're talking about uh, human performance and mindfulness in the, in the sense of leaders, um, what would be some of the things that you would uh, tell a leader that they need to do uh, to get to this position where they're on the positive side of this issue? Yes, yeah, so uh, mindfulness and human performance, I like to think of as kind of the, the how um, of getting leaders to find their best selves, right? And connecting with the passion, just as I have done with my life through my service and now in my second career, I think that's the foundational piece we all need to understand, you know, what makes us us. Because the fact of the matter is when we face the world today, as you just alluded to, there is a lot of stress there is overwhelm, there's adversity, there's challenge, and there are things that are going to put us to the test. And if we haven't built up what I like to call the psychological skill sets to face adversity and challenge, and then be what I not, not only call resilient, but I call it this bouncing forward, right? Facing these challenges and then being able to bounce forward and thrive in these environments. And if we haven't done the work ahead of time, it's going to be very difficult for us to know how to show up as ourselves and be our best um, amidst those environments. And so that's why the work in human performance and mindfulness in particular is so important, especially with leaders, because this has not primarily been a focus area for many of us. You know, we do leadership training, we do um, expert training in our tactical and technical expertise or our craft. We do a lot of training with our bodies. We understand and can visually see those improvements. And I think this next frontier is really truly understanding how we train our minds so that we can effectively lead in these uncertain environments, which originally the Warrior's Edge program is really built and designed for people who operate in high stress environments, right? Where lives are on the line. But what we're finding is that stress manifests itself the same way, regardless of whether you're facing stress from just the morning commute, getting your kids in the car to school, getting yourself to work, or this work from home dynamic we're having with school from home. 
right? That stress can feel very real and very life-threatening, just like you can feel stress in a combat zone. And so when we develop these skill sets, we're finding that they translate to all these arenas of our lives. And they're especially important for leaders today because it's how you lead by example. It's how you fit these types of skill sets and trainings into your culture. And it's how you are the calm in the storm instead of being the storm as a leader when you're faced with challenges. Yeah, I love that. You know, uh, you're talking, I'm, I'm envisioning uh, the training piece and undoubtedly, you know, there's a lot that we have to train ourselves to, especially we've never been exposed to certain things, um, i.e. a traumatic experience like war or an in a situation of a, you know, a, a happening like it did in DC, which is a lot of people are going to be experiencing some mind shifts about some certain things that now they have to train themselves to adjust to those impacts on their lives. So what can you tell me about uh, the importance of training your mind? Well, first, I think it's something that's somewhat foreign uh, to people today. So the first step is really getting over the stigma we have around what mental skills training is, what mindset is. And I like to make the corresponding, like the correlation to physical exercise. You know, when jogging started back in the 70s as a form of physical activity, it really was a strange thing for most people to understand. Like, why would you go out and just run around in circles? You know, like this doesn't seem like, like without a goal, right? What's your goal in mind? And the interesting thing about physical activity is that it actually started in the military out of operational necessity. There was a flight surgeon by the name of Dr. Ken Cooper who was approached by Air Force leadership asking, how can we get our fighter pilots to pull G's and our astronauts into space because they're not physically fit to do this job right now? You know, and we just started sitting at desks and this whole new um, uh, after post-World War II environment that we were living in office spaces. And Dr. Ken Cooper is actually known as the father of aerobics. He determines that actually if we uh, physically um, exercise our bodies, it will improve our physical health. And so now there's no question that that's a fact, right? It improves our flexibility, our agility, our strength, our endurance from a physical aspect. What we're finding now is we have these digital devices that are highly distracting. We have stress and overwhelm that we have an ancient brain living in a modern world where stress is coming at us 24 seven. There's no boundaries. There's no more work rest cycles. We don't know how to recover. We're in the hustle all the time. Yeah. And that's a lot of demands on our cognitive capacity, especially when we make decisions. And so in order to address that concern, where the research is leading us to this place where we need to train our minds. We need to exercise our minds so that we can do our mental push-ups just like we would do our physical push-ups to build the mental strength, agility, flexibility, and endurance we need to operate in our current environments. So we're, we're, we're getting there. I think um, the science you know, is leading the way, which is very compelling, but not only that, the evidence-based practices and alpha competitive environments that we're finding from units in the military, from individuals in the uh, elite athletic circles that are really truly understanding and investing in the ability to quiet their mind, to stay focused, less distracted, more calm, and ultimately higher performing regardless of the circumstance. And that was something I 
initially brought into the military with some trepidation, uh, you know, due to the skepticism around it. Um, but we had a pilot program in my squadron where we instituted mindfulness as a human performance initiative, as well as as well as building a whole human performance center, reevaluating what it meant to be a leader, how to connect with individuals, how to build trust, how to perform. And we won all kinds of awards um, that year, both at the individual and organizational level. But what was most important to me was not the awards. It was the changes that were occurring at the individual level where, indiv where people would come to me and say, you know, what I'm learning in this unit and being a part uh, of this experience is not just benefiting me, but it's changing my family. It's changing my relationships. It's changing how I interact with both at work and at home. And that's really, I think, what the end goal is with for leaders. We want those results, right? We want those organizational results. We want to see our, our, our teams moving forward, but we also want to see people changing and having these uplifting experiences where they not only get reward out of the work, but they find joy in the journey. Yeah, joy is definitely one of the things that you should be looking for any type of job you're doing. And few people find the joy in what they do. Uh, because you mentioned it, it's a, it is a hustle and bustle uh, nowadays, with so much technology, as you had stated, the pull on our mind is constant. We end, we could end up feeling like if we don't check that phone, the world's gonna go to, you know, to a bad place. And you know, it's not necessarily that. You have to train yourself. I love what you said about train. You know, learning. We have to learn how to train our thoughts our minds to give us some avenue for solitude, for peace. And I, I'm a, a proponent of peace, be still, right? Just sit down. And I've seen a, a lot of your posts that I, you're up on the mountain, you're, you, there's no care in the world. And it's such a great place to be in, especially with so many, you know, the, the bandwidth is limited. Uh, and we can get pulled in so many different ways. So um, talking about solitude, talking about a place to just sit still and know and, and get clear about some things and rejuvenate, which is something that we don't often do for ourselves. You know, I'm speaking to my wife, right, uh, earlier, Saturday and Sunday, she is doing nothing. And I'm going to ensure she does nothing. Now, if she chooses to read a book, to unwind, or listen to some whatever music may help her, but uh, my promise to her is Saturday and Sunday, she's doing nothing, right? So, uh, because in the absence of being able to, you have to have somebody that care enough for you to, to kind of like put that in there. Uh, but what could you tell us about uh, embracing solitude and being in that still? First of all, I just want to say I absolutely love that you're an accountability partner with your spouse because so often we see this solitude, especially and self care is what I would kind of lump it into as selfish. You know, like I, I don't have time for that. I have to do everything else. And then the last thing I'll do is if I have time, I will fit in a workout or fit in 
the meditation or the walk or the time alone to self-reflect because we, we live in a society and a cult culture of competitive stress really is, is what I call it. Or we're almost like one upping each other on how much stress we have in our lives and our kids are overscheduled. And if they're not, you know, you're thinking as a parent, like I'm failing in some way. And so I love that, you know, you and your wife can be accountability partners with that because we need someone sometimes to tell us, Hey, it's okay. Right? Like you need to take some time for yourself because recovery is just as important what we're understanding in the space of performance and how people not just perform on a day-to-day -day basis, but do it for the long term. Because I think that's what we're all in it for, right? Like all of us can hustle and then hit a brick wall, but how do you keep in the hustle and do it in a very harmonious, not balanced, but I like to use the word harmony, a very harmonious way where you still have the joy, you still have the self-care, but you're still a high-performing badass, you know, like yeah. you, and, and that is where I have found training our minds to be the first thing you have to do. But then the second thing is really embracing this idea of solitude, embracing the ability to provide yourself with the needed self-care. You know, it's like putting on your oxygen mask, right? We need yeah. to secure ours before we secure others. And the reason that's so important to translate into your everyday life is that if you're not your best, you are not going to be able to lead and serve others to the best of your ability. And so um, I do love being on the mountain. I do love being in the outdoors. That for me is solitude. That for me is my time to be fully present, to also fit in this self-reflection space where I can explore, like I started with, these important questions of who are you and where are you going in life? And I don't think we do enough of that. We don't slow down, right? We're so go, go, go in our daily lives that we never stop and reflect. We never stop and actually think about what will make us happy, what our values are, what is guiding us in our decision-making process. And so that's why um, embracing solitude is a very important aspect, of, I think, for all leaders. And it's an important thing that I do in my life. But I will just clarify that you can find that solitude in your own way. You know, for me, it does happen to be in nature and on a mountain um, because when I'm skiing down a hill, I'm not thinking about my stressors and my worries, right? Like I am thinking about taking in the oxygen and the fresh air and the beautiful sights and the nature that surrounds me. I mean, if I thought about my stressors the whole time I was skiing down a mountain, I would get down to the bottom and be like, that's a horrible activity. It's so stressful, <laughs> but it's not. And so we all have those spaces in our lives, maybe it's fishing, maybe it's knitting, maybe it's just coloring, right? There are things that we all do where we find that, that solitude space, that ability to actually self-reflect product in a productive way. However, I guarantee most of us treat it as a luxury and not a necessity, right? I, I do that two times, two times a year. I go to that space where I'm embracing solitude and I'm reflecting all the rest of the days, it's go, 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 go in the hustle. And I'm here to tell you, your performance will accelerate, right? You'll be able to accelerate professional success without sacrificing yourself and your health and your relationships along the way if you slow down on a regular basis and provide yourself with that opportunity for self-care, self-reflection, and just some solitude. Yeah, it's like that old saying, slowing down to speed up, right? It, uh, it, it makes no sense. <laughs> but but in the long run, that's really what it equates to. You gain ground by slowing down, assessing, you know, pivoting if you have to or what whatnot, but getting some key components of your day in place.
so that you can actually maximize the time that you're doing. I love that. Uh, I, I am a smooth jazz kind of person, if you can't tell by, <laughs> by my piece. Um, I, I love sitting to the side. Um, I've recently picked up reading actual books. I'm not going to say I did that all the time. Uh, I was a huge audiobook person. Nonetheless, it was where I would just recoup, let someone else speak and me take in uh, in order to give out. And, and so that, that Zen and embracing solitude is so integral to our success and final success and even the success of others, right? Because me doing that for my wife is number one, I care for her. I don't want her to burn out because in reality, she is the glue to this house. Uh, and I told her that recently. Uh, and uh, also to uh, allow her to grow, you allow people to grow uh, in that way and uh, accountability. Uh, yes, I am, a, I am a blessed man to have that uh, both and, and be able to give it uh, to my wife. Um, so leaders, right, uh, a leadership show. And, and for those, I just wanted to point out, for those looking at the video and not listening to the podcast, You'll notice, you'll notice that Janelle has my corporate colors. I have the black and white. She's got the gold on. And, and it's, a, it's a wonderful uh, addition to the video set. But uh, my, uh, being mindful as a leader, uh, earlier today, I spoke about uh, the, the imperativeness of a leader to be mindful. Um, but not all leaders learn that. They, they either are pushed and thrusted into a position either because of vacancy or need, right? Because it could be both. Sometimes it was, hey, you actually got the number. You got called up uh, and you may not be ready. Uh, I, I find those uh, uh, opportunities to help people grow because of those instances in their life. But what can you tell me about uh, uh, being a leader and being mindful? Well, I like to start by thinking about what leadership means. And to me, leadership is about influence. It's not about a position. Now, coming from a hierarchical structure like the military, where mm -hmm. right, we, we have rank and there's a lot of leadership that, you know, um, mandated, right, through our rank structure. But real leadership can happen on teams, it can happen with peers, it can happen from a follower to a leader, right? Because leadership is really about influence. And the best way we can influence is through our example. And so when I talk about mindful leadership, being the example is really the critical aspect of um, how you can then create a mindful organization, right? So you have other mindful leaders that you're training. And I wouldn't even say followers, right? You, your goal as a mindful leader is to create other mindful leaders um, on your team and that are around you. But it's a very difficult thing to do because it's different, right? It pushes against the norm of our culture, the competitive stress idea. It pushes against the norm of probably how you got to your leadership position, right? It's more about listening than talking. It's more about exuding this idea of presence from a mental aspect and not just a physical aspect. Because I think many of us think, well, I'm physically present. Right. So my people know that I'm there and I care, but they know if you're physically present and mentally checked up. 
right? We've all had a leader who was like, oh, I'm going to go make the rounds and shake hands and say hi to people. And they say hi. And then they say, how are you doing? And then before you can even say a response, they've already walked away. Or maybe you even get a response, but you're, and you're thinking to yourself, they're looking at me, but I don't think they're really listening. Um, And that's because leaders today have so many demands on their attention. It's, it's not their intention to not pay attention. It just happens because our minds are so heavily distracted. In fact, the recent research will say almost half of your waking moments, you are not paying attention to what's going on in front of you. So that's where you're talking to someone. And then all of a sudden you think, oh gosh, I'm not even paying attention, right? Or you read that page in a book and you get to the bottom and you think, I remember what I just read. Those are moments of mind wandering and distraction, and they are not helpful. They do not build trust in relationships. They don't build connection on teams. And the, this, the really detrimental part about this is that it happens without our awareness, right? Like no leader, I don't think actually sets out to say, hey, I'm not going to pay attention to my people. But that's just what happens with how our minds are in this chaotic and stressful world. And so we have to be proactive. So leaders have to start on their own journey by training their own minds, right? To kind of alleviate uh, those distractions and to stay more present and focused, right? That has to be step number one. And then um, step number two is that embracing solitude, spending time and self-reflection to really determine what kind of mindful leader do I wanna be? What is authentic to me and based on who I am, not just what I do. And then that third step is modeling those behaviors for those around you and setting the example that it is okay to take 15 minutes of solitude during your work day. It is okay to talk about things like mindfulness and meditation and connection and love and trust right? And joy, like those are not taboo topics um, in leadership, in my opinion. They should be at the foreground um, of really, you know, developing the relationships you need to get the performance you want out of the people that are on your teams. You know, I talk about this in my TED talk. There was a quote by Colin Powell that really struck me. And he said, you know, when, um, you'll know like trust is the most important part of leadership and you know people trust you when they uh, follow you out of curiosity and that really struck a chord with me because I was asking the people I, I led to go on this really unconventional leadership journey toward mindfulness and connection and love in a military unit which was a big ask and I started with trust Right. I started by being the mindful leader they needed, by paying attention, by listening, by being engaged with my presence, by not flying off the handle at the little thing, by little, you know, um, chaos that might be happening or the, the crisis of the day, right? Trying to think more strategically than just spending all day whack-a-mole, right? And fi- at shooting at five meter targets. And that built trust in the unit. So then when I started to ask them to do unconventional things, they trusted me and I think out of curiosity, right? Followed. And then after, I'm, I know that these skill sets are so powerful. Once you try them in your own life, they will have such a great effect on your team. Like you don't have to be a salesman as a leader anymore. You just have to lead by example and set the right culture with the right opportunities to enable them to use the skill sets. And um, I can talk through some of those skill sets if you think that would be helpful. 
Yeah, yeah, share with us. So some of the, the things you can do as a mindful leader, right? Start with your, your own exposure and experience with about 10 to 12 minutes of mindfulness a day is what I, I suggest. And with that, you can do it all in one sitting. Um, that's what a lot of people do. In fact, there are a lot of apps out there to help you get about 10 to 12 minutes of a mindfulness practice every day. Headspace, Calm, 10% Happier are some of my favorites. Or what I have found, I am such a high, highly anxious and kind of, you know, stressed person just based on my military experience and just my personality. I was finding that if I did even 20 minutes in the morning, about two o'clock in the afternoon, like my anxiety and stress would start kind of coming back up and to the surface. And so what I do is I do about 10 minutes in the morning, but then I do mindful minutes throughout my day. And I find that it keeps me more mindfully aware throughout the course of my daily activities. And so some other um, people might find that uh, helpful for them. So that's where you've got to start with yourself, right? To keep the awareness around your thoughts, feelings, and emotions, your ability to handle and manage the stress as it comes at you on a day-to-day -day basis. And then secondly, in the embracing solitude piece, it's about spending time in self-reflection. It's about actually writing it into your calendar. And that's what I found to be the most beneficial. If I put it on my to-do list, it was really easy to get to the end of the day and then look at my to-do list and be like, oh, I didn't practice my mindfulness and then assign judgments, right? And blame and like, oh, I'm horrible. I can't do mindfulness. That is not what this mindfulness movement is about. We're not here to increase stress, right? right. <laughs> we want this to be a tool uh, and a resource for you. So don't put it on your to-do list. Just make it something you do. Put it in your calendar, like 15 minutes here I do it, or here's where I'll do my mindful minutes as transition points from walking back into my office, going from work to home, picking up my kids, whatever it is, fit in those mindful minutes as transitions. And then if you don't get them that day, just let it go, right? I'll try again tomorrow because it's on my calendar again tomorrow. So that's the best way to do that. And then exemplifying those that, that mindful leader by being open about these things. That's why it's great to have it on your calendar where people can see, hey, the boss takes, these, takes this time or the boss takes a minute lap around the building at you know, every hour on the hour. Like, I'm wondering why she does that. Oh, that's like her self-reflection, transition, mindful minute time. You know, maybe it's something I should try. Um, you know, I led all of my meetings with a mindful minute because there is research that when everybody comes into a meeting, everyone's mindsets and distractions are at different levels. And if you do one minute of just breathing and focusing on being present for that and mental push-ups, right, for that one minute, it's like a cognitive preparation for whatever you're going to, whatever decisions you're going to have to make at the table. And it keeps everyone's focus and attention. Um, right there in the moment so you could get through your meetings much faster. In fact, our unit went from an hour and a half leadership meetings down to 30 minutes to get all the stuff we needed to get done done. And then that allowed us another 30 minutes to do some type of leadership development and training that we just weren't doing before because we didn't have the time for it. So it actually right. creates more white space, right? Right. <laughs> That's yeah, no, I, laughter. I, I, I love the 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 minute before kind of like a pause let's reset uh because you're right we we especially in the service we go from one minute meeting to another we get stuff crossed I mean I've seen people even in corporate sit there on their phone the whole entire minute meeting and <laughs> when, when what did they get um but uh having that 
pause, to reset, to focus. Uh, I love that, and I and I hope if you if you're listening and you have meetings on a on a daily or or, or you're back at the work site and you 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 are having meetings, uh, throw that minute in there. You you'll be amazed how much that will get you uh, ahead of time. Uh, Janelle, now I want my listeners to know, and I don't want to uh, whitewash this or cover it over. Uh, if you're listening to Janelle and you're like, wow, it's because she's Dr. Janelle. <laughs> and, and I didn't present that at the beginning because I, I followed her so much and I keep calling her Janelle, but you know, she's not only served in the military at a high impact situation as a pilot, but it's also uh, taken her education seriously and has got her doctorate and is, is she knows what she's saying. And, uh, and so uh, Janelle, thank you so much for spending your uh, morning time with us uh, on this uh, great day uh, for our nation. Uh, and all the things that you shared with us, uh, you know, this is things that you do these are things that you teach, uh, you consult in, and you give guidance on. So I really appreciate you taking your time with us uh, today uh, to, to share that with us. If someone wanted to get a hold of you, uh, how would they do that? What's the best avenue to do that? Well, first, it's been my pleasure to be here with you, Enrique. Thank you so much for having me on your show. And um, I have a website, uh, JanelleMcCauley.com. If anyone wants to reach out, it has information on all my programming from the workshops to the keynote speeches, um, to the executive consulting uh, that I do as well. So anyone can reach me through there. I also, if anyone is interested in trying a mindful minute with their teams i have a mindful leadership guide that's a free downloadable on my website so you can check that out it'll kind of take you step by step how you would uh, just start to to conduct mindful minutes in your meeting spaces that might be helpful and as you said today is kind of this reset day i feel like for our country where we have this bright future we can start looking and moving forward which i think is a great place for all of us so if any of this stuff about training your mind, embracing solitude, being a mindful leader, you know, is is just in the back of your mind, like, oh, I feel like maybe I should try it, but I'm a little skeptic, skeptical about it. Think of this as your opportunity to restart, right? It's the new year, it's a new season. Like, let's just try something new, right? Try something new for the people who you work for, who deserve the leader that you know you can be um, to find your best self. So they can find me there. And then if there are any individuals that are interested in the Warriors Edge programming, which is really catered to government, healthcare, first responders, law enforcement, military, our Warriors Edge high performance mindset training course is offered through compete to createorg net backslash Warriors Edge, or you can Google my name and Warriors Edge and find some information about that course. We offer live workshops as well as digital training. So I would love to just continue to, you know, help others. And I'm sure this is part of your mission too, Enrique. Mm -hmm. We learned a lot of things the hard way, right? Like kind of struggling through, I know I did through this military life of trying to be a mom and be a spouse and be a leader and be a technical mm -hmm. expert as a pilot. And it's a lot of demands. So if I can help anyone navigate that world better, that really is my intention in many of these programs to take my research and then pay it forward. 
Outstanding. Well, we'll make sure to put all of that information as part of the video, uh, absolutely as part of the uh, notes to the show. Uh, and folks, if you want to reach out to Janelle, she's also on LinkedIn and social media. Uh, you can uh, do that as well. But Janelle, once again, thank you so much for spending this morning with me uh, and sharing your insights on human performance and mindfulness for leaders. Uh, for the guests uh, that are listening and the listeners that are, are in tune, I hope you got a lot of what she said because she put out a lot. Uh, and as we love to uh, completely, you know, come out of the show, I wish everyone success to you. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I'd love to hear suggestions for our future shows or any remarks you may have that will help us improve. Until then, success to you.